You're the fire that moves me. You flow through my veins. I always pray that you choose me. Am I desperate? Please don't use that word loosely. Am I dependent or codependent? Or do I just need you? I only seem blue when it's at the risk of losing you. Could I lose it all, but still have everything if I had you? Why do I feel like I need you? There is nothing you can do that I can't do. Comes to think of it, I make all the sacrifices. I probably would do a lot better without you, but I need you. What's up, you guys? Thanks for tuning in and listening to the show. It's this early Sunday morning. I felt like I had to do this podcast, so I hope that you're ready for um, something deep, something heavy. If it affects you, it's probably have affected you once upon a time, even if it's not something that you're dealing with yourself, being codependent or being dependent. Um, But I feel like I had to do this show uh, just to get the message out there, just to get the knowledge out there. Um, So, yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Soft Storm, the Poet Show. Thanks for tuning in once again. Um, that poem that you heard at the beginning of um, the segment, it definitely uh, it came from a place in my life where I realized now that I was really codependent. And that's not something that I'm proud of. But at the same time, it's nothing wrong with being codependent at times but if you're codependent with the wrong person you know uh, it can cause some problems so I know uh, some of you might be wondering okay like hey what's codependency Uh, you know being codependent one person feels that their desires and their needs are unimportant and will not express them they may have difficulty recognizing their own feelings or needs at all it came to me I definitely experienced this uh, the most my happiness was definitely uh, centered around whoever I was with this is not to be confused with being dependent both people can express their emotions and needs and find ways to make their relationship work in a dependent relationship their uh, their status and happiness depends on each other and they do the best that they can to balance it out so it's uh it's a give and take relationship uh, from both parties, and everybody's uh, given equally in that relationship. Uh, one or both parties in a relationship can be codependent. Uh, a codependent person will neglect other important areas of their life to please their mate. Was just say that you know they may have something to do for their job, but they're just like, oh, you know, my mate wants to go out. I really, you know, need to spend time with my mate or whatever. Um, so, hey, you know, my job can wait, or it's not even. They'll work at their job, they'll go to their job whenever their job needs them. But when it comes to um, you know doing things that they want to do, they'll probably most likely sacrifice and do the things that their mate wants to do over, you know. What they're, uh, what they're interested in doing. Uh, this can be damaging to their relationship, uh, their careers, 
their everyday life and responsibilities. Um, you know, a codependent person, you know, might be super smart and might could get, you know, any job that they want to get. Um, they can advance their career, they can advance their education, and, you know, uh, really just prosper. But they're held back because they're too focused on and too distracted by the things that are going on with their mate and just trying to make their mate happy. They, they pretty much lose their self and they really don't have their own identity. The enabler role is also a dysfunctional um, role. A person who relies on a codependent does not learn how to have an equal two-sided relationship and often comes to rely upon other upon the other person's sacrifices and needs. So uh, what this says is, you know, hey, like like I said once again, outside of that person being in a relationship uh, and working their job, they really have no identity. So they probably don't do anything with their with their friends or their coworkers or uh, associates. Um, they could either want to cling to your friends um, and have a bond with your friends, but fail to realize that they need to be separated from you in some aspect of their life. Symptoms of codependency doesn't find satisfaction or happiness outside of that person, stays in a relationship even though they know their partner does hurtful things, does anything to please and satisfy the enabler, feels constant anxiety about the relationship due to the desire to make the mate happy. Um, you know, I could give you my point of view of that. Um, in multiple relationships, I've lost myself. And, you know, I could be sitting by my mate and my mate doesn't look happy and we don't have to have had a fight or anything. But if they don't look happy to me, then in my head, I'm like, dang, why are they not happy? Why are they not satisfied? Dang, let me think of something that I could do, you know, to please this person or make this person happy or whatever. And I'm just like, dang. Now, I'm like, dang, and how did I, how did I let myself feel like, I'm sorry guys, that's the uh, air freshener in the back that just went off if you heard it, um, but how did I let myself get to a point to where I'm only happy if the people around me happy? You know, it's sad when you think about it. I really just had to pause on that and just, you know, meditate on just how much I was failing myself and failing my mental health. Because doing all this stuff for somebody that doesn't deserve it, sacrificing for somebody that doesn't deserve it, or does the same things for you, or makes the same sacrifices for you, it's only going to tear you down. It's only going to leave you depleted. Another symptom, uh, you use all your time and your energy to give your partner what they ask for, feels guilty about thinking of themselves in a relationship, 
neglects needs and desires, ignores own morals and concerns to do what the person wants over what they really want. Um, codependent person, uh, they will feel extreme conflict about separating or being away from the enabler due to their de- due to their identity being centered upon and sacrificing themselves for the other person. So um, it feels like when you're away from that person, you don't know what to do with yourself. You you struggle with, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do because you have no desire to do anything else but to be around and do things with that person um, and do things for that person to make that person happy. Um, as you can see, that's not the way to be in a relationship and it's not the way to live your life. Codependency was believed to come from having an alcoholic parent but it is now believed to stem from damaging parental relationship so your parent could have been neglectful whether they were alcoholic whether whether they were on drugs uh, whether they had to work uh, long hours on the job just to take care of the family to make sure the household stayed afloat Um, you know it could be anything you know that was damaging to a kid from the parental uh, view. As a result, the child learns to ignore their own needs and only thinks of what they can do for others. Now with me, I'm very, very selfless. I'm a very selfless person, and I think at times it could have come off as being very... trying to figure out what words I want to use it could come off as me being very selfish when I am selfless and I think um, with me early on in my early adulthood I was very distant from home you know I joined the military and uh, I really never went home you know very often because I really didn't feel at home at home and you know if you want to hear the story of why you know home didn't feel like home and just why I am the way I am you know hit me up hit me in my inbox and uh, I'll do a podcast about it and you know I'll let you know no script no nothing I'll be very uh free with you guys I'll be very transparent with you guys and I'll 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 let you in my brain and let you know why I choose to talk about certain things that I talk about Um, but yeah like I just really hope that if you're living out here right now that you're actually living and you're living for yourself and you're not just living for you know the person that you're with You're not just living for the people that are around you. You're not just living for uh, your family and your friends. You're not just doing the things that they want you to do. I hope that you're doing stuff that makes you happy. I hope that you're going off and um, accomplishing your dreams and chasing your dreams. Because at the end of the day, before you leave this earth, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, dang, 
you know, I really wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do. And granted, there may be some people, like I say, in dependent relationships that love doing things for their mate, and their mate loves doing things for them, and they love doing things with their mate. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're in a codependent relationship, I urge you to go find your own identity outside of your relationship. And I urge you to chase your dreams and not make your dreams making someone else happy. Because you could really damage yourself that way. What's up, listeners? Thanks for tuning back into the Soft Storm the Poet Show. I'm your host, Princess Turner, and I feel like I should really let you guys in on my journey in codependency and dependency and being an enabler. Um, I grew up in a household of six people. My mom had five kids. I'm the youngest of five kids. She had me uh, when she was 24 years old. As a young mom, I can only imagine how difficult it was for her uh, raising us. I know a lot of times, you know, she went without uh, just to make sure uh, we ate uh, and we were straight. Uh, we wore hand-me-down clothes, um, stuff from like the Salvation Army and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, growing up like that, I, it really made me humble. And I'm, I'm really... Um, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty ass person, I'm handsome, I'm whatever you want to call me, I know I'm a beautiful person, uh, so the confidence level that I probably should have, I really don't have, and I know uh, just growing up and being humbled by how I grew up um, just made me into a better person, and I appreciate how I grew up, and regardless of how many issues um, I have now uh, with my mental health or anything. I really appreciate the fact that I grew up and I thank my mom for raising me and uh, my brothers and sisters and not giving up on us and not separating us. Um, yeah, so uh, we spent a lot of time in uh, body projects after we moved around a lot. And I thank my brother, my oldest brother, Sean. He got the bad end of everything because he was exposed to a lot more stuff as he was growing up, because he was he was the oldest. Uh, we ended up moving. My mom got uh, remarried, so we moved to a country uh, city next to uh, the city that we were staying in, and we moved out to the country. Uh, I got very distant after we moved. Uh, you know, I, I struggled with kind of making friends. Uh, the longer we were there, the more people started to, to gravitate towards me. And, you know, I made friends that way or I made associates that way. Um, 
but it still, I still was damaged a little bit because before I moved, I got the help with like my learning disability where, you know, I had uh, a speech impediment and they uh, put me in speech class where, uh, you know, they would teach me how to, you know, pronounce things, how to spell things, you know, they would break stuff down for me or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you needed help growing up in school, um, that is really nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, everybody needs help with something. Um, so yeah, so we moved uh, to this new place and, uh, in 1999 and I was still in elementary school. So, you know, they had spelling tests and all that stuff. So I struggled a lot, you know, when it came to the spelling tests and all that. And, um, you know, uh, that was hard, a very stressful time for me. Um, there were things that went on in my life from, you know, when we lived in Millersville and when, you know, I would go, you know, stay with my dad or, you know, stay with my grandma. There were things that, you know, would happen. And I think that comes from a lot of no guidance and a lot of misguidance or whatever. And I think I was taken advantage of. I won't get into detail, but, um, yeah, things happen, you know, shit happens, you grow up, and you deal with it, right, um, so when I got to high school, probably like the ninth to 10th grade, um, I was really, really, you know, in the ninth grade, I really, really got, actually in the eighth grade, um, I tried to, I tried to talk to guys, because I felt like it was, the normal thing to do um, but it really wasn't normal for me it was actually really awkward and difficult uh, for me to try to put on that persona like um, I really give a fuck about a guy um, which I care about my guy friends but I never really cared about uh, them on that level on a relationship level so I was already talking to females uh, online ever since the sixth, gra- the sixth grade. And, you know, I was really close to these females. Talking to them made me so fucking happy. Um, I was really, really happy with them. Uh, you know, we were there for each other through a lot. We could talk and express ourselves to each other. Uh, and there really was no backlash. There really wasn't any uh, judgment. But I felt like I couldn't tell people that, you know, I love females or that I'm attracted to females and I want to date females because I felt like I would be judged. And because my mom, like, was so in the church and we grew up in the church at an early age, uh, being in the choir, uh, being on the dance team, participating in all the church programs, uh, you know, I felt like that was something I couldn't really allow my mother into Um, so I kept that from her when I was in 11th grade my mom found out that I was gay and uh, it wasn't really found out like she found out I was gay I think someone saw me I think it was my auntie or someone saw me with two girls hanging on me which it was my best friend and her little sister that were uh, hanging on me and we were just walking with a walking together and you know what I mean we're girls, so, you know, we're going to cling to each other. But my mom, you know what I'm saying, uh, the next day, uh, she kept walking past me while I was on the computer after that football game. And 
she finally got the the courage to stop and say something to me and she just was like um are you gay and I think I just remember pausing and kind of looking at her I didn't say anything it's just like that awkward silence like in my head I'm like how does she know this what made her think this did she find anything like all right so what is it so she finally said something after you know that awkward pause she was like I know you're gay but you're gonna have to change now I've struggled with being feeling like I belonged my whole life uh my whole conscious life anyway um So hearing that from my mom, it broke me down a little bit more. And it made me want to pull away from things even more. It damaged me even more. And God knows I was so much damaged before that point in my life. And um, she said that. And then I just, it was something that made me pull away away from God, pull away from her, because if I felt like I didn't belong on this earth, if I felt like I didn't belong in anything else, hearing that from my mom, the person that gave me life and birthed me, it made me feel like I I didn't belong home, and that, it hurt me a lot, and I carried around that hurt, and I still, to this day, carry around just a little bit of that hurt because this journey for me becoming the person that I am becoming it It still hasn't fully left me yet, and that's something I haven't fully let go. Um, But the older I've gotten and to this point in my life right now, to where I'm 31, I can look back, and that's why I say certain things the way I say them, because I didn't know how hard or I didn't see or try to see things from my mom's perspective or what her life was like and understanding her struggle of what she had to go through through life you know I knew well I know now that she was dealing with her own demons or her own battles you know you know imagine a person raising five kids on her own having five kids at the age of 24 imagine not having your mom around you know what I'm saying, to to give you a break, you know what I mean, or give you that time, you know, for yourself to separate, or feeling like you're alone in, in raising your five kids, um, you know, imagine the hurt of her not being able to go to her mom or her dad for guidance, you know, that stuff that I had to realize and face as I, as I grew older and as I grew into an adult and accepting and facing, you know, the reasons why I do the things I do, why I act the way I act, um, why I'm so intolerant of certain things, you know, and why why I've been so stupid in my life. 
but yeah, I moved out of my mom's house when I was in 11th grade, and that was because we got into it about me talking to females, and you know, really just, I really didn't want to be home, because I really didn't feel like I belonged there, so I would just be, you know, with other females, you know, all the time, so I moved out in 11th grade, and I moved in with a girl I was talking to, um, before I moved out, I used to stay, uh, stay the night with, uh, this chick I was talking to and her mom, and her mom worked that night at a nursing home, so she, uh, I think she really liked the fact that, you know, her daughter had someone there with her and she wasn't alone, so I, I stayed there for a while, and then shortly after that, I completely just grabbed all my stuff, and, you know, I moved in with this chick, an uh, older chick that I was talking to, and uh, she was a shift manager or a shift leader at uh, Zaxby's, and she worked at a liquor store. And, um, yeah, we stayed together, and we lived in the projects for a while, and um, that was all I knew, but I wasn't running the streets outside of, you know, moving out of my mom's house, you think I would get buck wild, like I wasn't buck wild or anything, I've already had morals instilled in me, you know, at an early age, I was really uh, a respectful, humble person, Um, I had a job, I still finished uh, high school, I never dropped out of high school. I went to my job. I went to school. I played my sports. And I would come home um, in that situation where I was with, you know, a grown-ass woman who was, you know, talking to 11th grader, talking to a 12th grader. And then shortly after that, I went to the military. Um, And before I went to the military, I remember the girl I was talking to, she was saying that godmother wanted her to move to Atlanta. And she was so scared about moving to Atlanta without me. So I was like, hey, I was like, you do this. I'll go with you before I leave, you know, just to get it settled. So I moved to Atlanta with her um, and stayed with her godmother with her until I left. And, um, yeah, her godmother had some reservations about me staying there, but... You know, the chick I was talking to just, she really was so dependent on me that she didn't care what she had to say. So I moved, uh, we moved to Atlanta. Shortly after that, I joined the military. Uh, Joined the military, I get in the military. um, You know, I just got distant and even more distant from my mom, you know, and my dad. Because I remember them doing stuff that, like, they got to help my brother get, my brothers and my sisters get a car. And, you know, I didn't get that type of help. You know, everything I had to do, I had to do it for myself. I got out here and, you know, got cars with, you know. My first car had a, a high interest rate. I didn't know anything about APR and all that stuff like that. But, yeah, but I got it by myself. You know, I shortly after getting to my first duty station, I deployed within six months to Iraq, uh, South Iraq to uh, Buka. And, uh, you know, it was a stressful time because I was dependent on relationships to get me through life. I was dependent on other people, you know, to make me happy. Um, And 
I don't know if that was something that I was going through just because I was dealing with it because I spent so much time alone and I just wanted love and affection, you know, in my adulthood. But I struggled with it. And I, you know, it it forced me and put me in situations where I allowed myself to be in relationships with people that I shouldn't be in. And I may have hurt people that, you know, I never meant to hurt and people may have hurt me that they they probably never meant to hurt me but they hurt me and um you know I grew you know I grew and I grew but I wasn't really growing I was getting older as an age but I wasn't I wasn't seeing myself truly for who I was and what I had become I wasn't into it wasn't until probably mid last year, well, I'll say late 2018, where I started to really see parts of me that I hated, parts of me that I didn't know were a part of me. Um, I was damaged. I was messed up. In my brain, my the, the thoughts of how I, I, I thought was so messed up. The military just made it even worse because it put stress on me that I didn't know what damaged me even more. But I'm grateful for the people that I met while I was in the military. And um, now that I'm older, I realize that I had a lot of delusional ways of thinking Um, I wasn't I wasn't thinking clearly I was so blind I was so stubborn I was so stuck in my ways Um, and I wasn't a bad person like and people tell you this I wasn't a bad person but I was so messed up in my head that I had really no self-awareness when it came to my mental state and how I thought. You know, I don't know, guys. Like, it's so deep. I could go deeper. I know you can get from how I'm all over the place with this talking, but uh, this is me being vulnerable. And I have so much uh, in me that, you know, I can share. And I have so many feelings and I have so much stuff that, you know, I'm dealing with and I'm coming to terms with. But me coming to terms with these things or allowing me to get to the real me and are allowing me to become the best version of me ever. So uh, with these show that comes, I'll try to, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable to you. I'll try to learn how to express these feelings and emotions a, a little bit more uh, than what I've been doing uh, with you guys. Because like I say, I'm a very shy person. I'm very reserved. Um, but I hope that if if you listen to this, that in some way me opening it up allows you to reflect on yourself, reflect on your own actions, reflect on your life and just how you're going about it. 
because you can't let hurt that's been caused by other people damage how you grow or deter how you grow because you have the power to become the best version of you yourself and only you can create that best version of you you don't need anyone else to help you be that it's okay it's okay to to want love it's okay to need love from someone and affection from someone but that shouldn't be everything that you depend on and I think I wasted a lot of my life trying to trying to depend on other people to make me happy trying to make other people happy when I should have been just trying to make myself happy but I didn't know how to do that because all that was around me was a mother that was doing everything to make sure we were happy while struggling with making herself happy and you're the only person that can make yourself happy I don't care if someone says that you're selfish for wanting to do this because it makes you happy. Do it. Because that's something that you want to do. And whether it's in that moment, it's making you happy. As long as you've obsessed the situation and you're not hurting anybody, and keep making yourself happy.